Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, uh, throw up that picture real quick. Uh, if you don't know, this is my youngest. His name's Luke. Had a birthday yesterday. He's nine years old. Come on. And um, the other day, uh, spending some time with the Lord, I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me like, hey, I want you to start reading the Bible with Luke uh, before bed. And so we have this little, it's like a, it's a picture Bible, but it's, it's the actual word of God. And so it's the right thing for the right time at his age. And so me and him, um, before he goes to bed, we'll jump into the word and teaching him how to pray. And, you know, as a parent, I want to encourage you. This is so important for you to lead your children this way. Okay, so important for them to see mom and dad have a passion for Jesus, okay? They will follow you and your passions, all right? And so we're jumping into the word, and Luke's like, where should we start? And I'm like, well, we should start with Luke because your name's Luke, okay? You know, it's just real simple. You're thinking it's gotta be something super spiritual, you know? And uh, we're reading Luke chapter one, and it's Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary, and I'm trying to help them understand how they're cousins and how God was working in that situation, and we're talking through these things, and then I got, I got to verse 30 here, and we're going to look at it right here. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, says this, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. How many of you go, I want to find favor with God? That's, that's a big deal, okay? You will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Jesus. He will be very great. He will, become the, he will be called the son of the most high. God will give him a throne of his ancestor David, verse 33, he will reign over Israel forever in the kingdom, and his kingdom will never end. Here's the verse I really want you to see, verse 34. Mary asked, how can this happen? How can this happen? The King James Version says, Mary said this, how can this be? And when I saw verse 34, it jarred me. Okay, it was like, I don't know if you're ever walking, I do this all the time, where I'm walking, and I'll step, and I'll think the ground should be there, and I'll misstep, and I'll kind of stumble, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm good, it's all good, you know, I I didn't trip, I didn't fall, you know, And, and when you misstep, when you have that moment that your foot hits the ground, how many of you know, it like wakes you up real quick, okay, And a lot of times the reason you misstep is simply because you're what? You're distracted. And I'm distracted all the time, okay? I'm just telling you, okay? I'm thinking about things all the time. I'm looking at something on my phone. And so when your foot hits, it jars you. It wakes you up from what you were distracted from. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, this is a picture of the church. Sleepy people. We're distracted people. We're walking through life. We're walking through our days. We're walking through the weeks and the months, and, and, and we're kind of sleepy. And sometimes we need to be jarred because this is the feel that I feel a lot of times in the church. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the greatness of God, yet I'll feel this, well, how can that be? How can this happen? You know, you you think, God, I know I should forgive people, but how, God? 
How can this be? Do you know the pain, the trauma that that person brought to my life? God, how could that happen? How could this be that I could walk in that kind of forgiveness that you're talking about? God, how could this be? I just don't feel in love anymore. I know you want to restore my marriage, but I don't feel in love anymore. I feel like we're too people living on two different planets right now. God, how could this be? How could this happen, God? You know, we think, God, how can this happen? I watched my dream fall apart. What's the point? God, how how can this be? I I don't know what your story is. Maybe maybe it was God... um, how can this be? Because this, this plan that you have for my life, I, I'm, really not, I'm really not feeling it. You know, I, I was supposed to be married by now. I was supposed to have made it to that next level. I was supposed to whatever you want to fill in. And we're thinking, God, how can this be? How can this happen? And let me say this. I'd be the first one to say, yes, I understand exactly how you feel. I totally get it. So many moments in my life that I'm like, God, how can this happen? How can this be? But here's what I can tell you is this. That's not the end of the story for Mary, and that's not the end of the story for you. Can I get an amen from anybody? That's not the end. Because in verse 35, the angel replies, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby will be born holy, and he will become the he will be called the Son of God. Verse thirty-seven. These next two verses. If you have a Bible, I want you to highlight it. If you have a thing to take notes, I want you to write this down. These two verses, I need you to meditate on. I need you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them to you. To jump into these verses. Verse thirty-seven. It says this, the angel responds. And remember, the angel is only speaking what he can speak from heaven. Okay, he's not, you can't just say whatever he wants. He's speaking from heaven. So the Lord, this is the Lord saying this. Not one promise, not one promise from God is empty of power. There's not one place in the word of God that is empty of power. He says this, Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. There's absolutely nothing you face that is too big or too impossible for God's power in your life. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mary's response is the best response in the whole entire Bible. Her response I am the Lord's servant. She doesn't say, well, I got my plan and my rights and what I want to do. She just says, no, I'm a servant of the Lord. Whatever he wants. She says, may everything you said about me come true. She's saying, I don't understand this right now, and I don't fully get it right now. But here's what I know. Whatever you said, Lord, I want it to come to pass because I'm your servant. I'm your servant. There was two words I heard from the Lord this week, and the two words were this, uh, persistence and praise. Persistence and praise. If you want to see the God of the impossible, you're going to have some persistence, 
and you're going to have some praise. Write that down. If you want to see the God of the impossible, you're going to have persistence, and you are going to have praise. These two things go hand in hand. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, while Jesus was preaching the word of God, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. When they realized they couldn't even get near him because of the crowds, they went on top of the house tore away the roof above Jesus' head. Can you imagine that moment? Jesus is preaching, and there's rocks and stuff falling down on his head, okay? When they had broke through, oh, I love that right there. When they had broke through, because here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you have persistence, you will break through with God, okay? There is a breakthrough coming, okay? When they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on the stretcher right in front of him. Here's this. Highlight this. Highlight this part right here. Jesus saw the extent of their faith. He saw what? Their persistence. Jesus recognizes your persistence or lack thereof your persistence. As much as Jesus is is moved by your persistence, he is also moved by your lack of persistence and your ability just to treat God as something as common. Can I get an amen from anybody? That's some truth right there. So the extent, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 11, I said to this man, stand up, pick up your stretcher and walk home. Immediately the man was healed, sprung to his feet in front of everyone and went home. He went home happy. Because that's what happens when you get healed. That's what happens when you get restored. That's what happens when you see the God of the impossible show up. Man, you get up on your feet quickly and you go home happy. Says this, when the crowd witnessed this miracle, they were awestruck. They shouted praises to God for we have never seen anything like this before. Point number one is this, persistent faith. Persistent faith. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is the God of the impossible. Okay, tell him. Say, Jesus is the God of the impossible. He's just looking for persistent faith. Now, some of you are like, I have um, two or three or five really persistent people in my life. They are called my children. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? There's some things you can learn from your kids sometimes. They're the most annoying, persistent people on the planet Earth, okay? Can I get a big amen from anybody, all right? I love my kids, but they are some persistent people. They will just flat wear you out. You will get to the point where you'll go, I will give you anything, because it's like you are being held hostage. You need to call SWAT, okay? Like, I will give you literally anything if you will just leave me alone for like two minutes. Right? They are the kings of persistent. You know why they're so persistent? Because they're not jaded. We're a bunch of jaded adults. We're just processing things through hurt and trauma. We'll read a word. We'll go, I don't know. How can this be, God? How can this happen, God? They're persistent. We need to have some faith 
some persistent faith that says, I'm not giving up on Jesus. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to throw in the towel. God, you are the answer. Your word is the answer. Your, your path for my life is the answer. I'm your servant, Lord, whatever you want to do. God, you're the answer. We need some persistent faith in the church because that's what people really want to see. They want to see the God of the impossible do the impossible. They don't want church. You don't want church. You know why the house was so full when Jesus was preaching? Because they were seeing miracles. They were seeing the power of God. Hebrews 11, verse 1. This is what it says about faith, okay? Now, faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmations of things we hope for. Because it's very much a place that we go, I don't have it right now. There are some really big things that I'm believing for that I don't have right now, but I believe I do have it. As, as real as, as these clothes I'm touching, as this mic, I'm like, it is real in my heart. It is real in my soul. It is real in my thoughts. I know I don't have it right now, but my, by faith, I do have it. I have it by faith. Divinely guaranteed the evidence of things not seen. Okay, I love this part. It says, what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. You're not gonna experience faith by your physical senses. I need you to understand that because so many of you are led by your physical senses. And I am too. There's a lot of days I have to, I have to come back and go, no, 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 I'm not gonna trust what I feel. I'm not gonna trust what I think. I'm not gonna trust what I heard somebody say right? I'm not going to trust what I see in front of me. I'm not going to trust these things because that's not what God has said. So faith will never play with your physical senses. Faith is what? A spiritual thing. It's a deep thing. This is how you build a root system with God. This is how you stand the test of time. This is the difference between people who get saved and, and they run real hard for Jesus for maybe six months, a year, two years, and then the storms of life comes and they fall apart and their faith falls apart, right? Because it wasn't built in real faith. It was built on what they felt at the moment. Amen? Okay. Verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Please who? God. <laughs> See, we're so consumed by God. I went to church and I served. Can I have my golden star now? <laughs> right? We're consumed by works. We do it all the time. We're trying to please people. We're trying to please our employer. Right? We're trying to do the right things. But that's not how God is pleased. God is pleased by actual faith. That's how you please him. This is really big. I mean, this is really important for you to understand. For those who come to God must believe. Must believe what? That he is the God of the impossible. That's what he needs. 
He needs people that go, he's the God of the impossible. And so I come to him in faith, knowing and trusting title deed in my hand that whatever I feel, whatever I see, whatever I'm going through, it is not the end of my story. There is a different end of my story that God is writing and I'm gonna stand in faith and I'm gonna receive what the God of the impossible has for me. Right? And he's a rewarder. Here's the best part. He rewards. Now, he might not reward in your perfect timing, in your thought, but he is a rewarder. He will reward those who have what? Persistent faith. Okay? Point number two is this. It's praise. Remember? Persistence and praise. Persistence and praise. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 one day as they were going down to the house of prayer, this is Paul and Silas, they encountered a young girl who had an evil spirit, the spirit of Python, or Pylon. She, uh, she had uh, earned great profits for her owner by being a fortune teller. I, I wanna speak something to you. This is a woman that's dealing with um, mystic things. She's an oracle fortune teller, dabbling in dark, demonic things, witchcraft. Please, please, please never touch these things. Please, please, please never let your children touch these things. These are open doors for the enemy to come and bring destruction to your life. I know, listen, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be that person right now, okay? I'm gonna be that person. I know that a lot of times we're like, it's just Harry Potter. No, 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 it is not. It is not. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. It is not just Harry Potter, right? You have to have discernment to go, this is an open door to the demonic. It's an easy way to slip into demonic, amen? Don't touch that. Don't let your kids touch that. Don't be a part of that, okay? I know, and I know it gets super confrontational, and I'm not trying to you know, parent you right now, okay? I promise you. I'm just trying to help you according to the word of God. Don't let your family or kids touch some things. Verse 17, she kept following and shouting, these men are servants of the most high God. They are telling us how to be saved. Verse 22, a great crowd gathered and all the people joined and came against them. The Roman officials ordered Paul and Silas to be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their back. <laughs> this is a bad day. After they were severely beaten. And can I just say this? Like, I know we read this and we just think, yeah, they were beaten. No, 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 no. I mean, really think about that sometimes. Think about like, just, <laughs> think about like the end of a broomstick a wooden broomstick, and you're just getting beaten with this thing, severely beaten. They were beaten, thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them safely. Isn't it funny how scared they were of the power of God? Did you, did you hear me? Did you, you see how scared they are of the power of God? They beat them and threw them in the prison. 
Do you know how scared the enemy is of the power of God? Do you know how scared he is of a church that understands the power of God? Do you understand how scared he is of you understanding the power of God and being able to use the power of God? Do you understand that the enemy, listen, whoa, we could have bars and strip clubs open during the pandemic, but we're gonna close the church. Why? Because the enemy is scared of the power of God. Amen? They were scared of the power of God. So he placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and bound their hands and feet in chains. Verse 25, Paul and Silas, what? Were undaunted. They were what? Persistent faith. There's gonna come some moments in your life, and I don't know if you're there today, and if you're not, Praise God, but I promise you there will be a day where you're gonna need some persistent faith. You're gonna need some faith that goes, I just got beat up and thrown in the prison. And I'm undaunted. You're like, we all good, fam. <laughs> We're all good. Undaunted. Says this, they prayed in the middle of the night and sang. This is my favorite part. Sang songs of praise to God while the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundation of the prison and all the prison doors flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Paul and Silas hit rock bottom that day though. I think that's where a lot of you feel. You're like, I am tired. I'm tired. And a bunch of you have actually thought, I did the right thing. Because here's the deal. Paul and Silas were doing the right thing. They were preaching the word of God. They actually cast out the spirit out of her, freed her. They're doing the right thing. I understand a lot of you think I'm doing the right things, but things aren't working out the way I thought they would. <laughs> These are the hardest moments. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I can't tell you how many of these moments I've had where I loved the person well, believed in them, prayed with them, poured into them, yet they still turned their back on the Lord. And you're like, God, I did all the right things. I don't know what else I could have done. I can't tell you how many times I've worked so hard and gave every ounce of me and energy, yeah, it didn't work out. And you're like, God, where are you? This doesn't make sense. I mean, I know what that feels like, and I don't know what your rock bottom is, but I remember one of the biggest rock bottoms I ever experienced was the ministry that I was in charge of, this is back in the day, we, we grew it by 52% that year. We were like, man, we had a banner year. We had an awesome year. And so I, I'm thinking that year, this is many, many years ago, I'm thinking that year like, okay, this is the year that I finally get a, a big raise. End of the year comes, no raise. 
And we added our second child. Same amount of money I'd been making for five years. I was like, God, what is this? I did my best. We grew. We advanced the kingdom. This is, there's nothing. I don't know what your rock bottom is. Maybe it's a dream that failed. Maybe it's a family situation that failed. Maybe it's something you were hoping for that didn't come along and you feel like I've hit rock bottom. We have the same results. Maybe you actually see declining results. Yet the response of Paul and Silas was what? Persistent faith. Why? Because you can't trust what you see sometimes. I was so frustrated that year. And the Lord said, just be faithful. I'm a God that keeps good records. I promise you, I'll take real good care of you if you'll just hold on to me. If you won't look what, what's in front of you right now, if you'll have some persistent faith, if you won't give up. We're, we're, we're so driven by the result all the time. And the Lord goes, I don't want you to be driven by the result. I want you to be driven by me. I don't want you to worship my hand. I want you to worship me. I don't want you to worship what I can do for you. I want you to worship me. I don't want you to worship the blessing. I want you to know me. That's what faith is. See, when you push past and you praise the Lord, this is praise that invokes the power of God. This is praise on a different level. This is the moment that you are pushing past what? The lies of the enemy. Paul and Silas had to push past some lies. Paul and Silas had to dig deep because what? The devil was triggering their what? Feelings and emotions. And he's really good at knowing what triggers you. He's really good at knowing that comment, that email, that, that moment in the car, that moment at the house. He knows how to trigger what? Your feelings and emotions. But Paul and Silas, they push past it. I'm gonna share a verse and then we're gonna worship. We're going to really worship. We're going to worship a faith today. We're going to worship knowing that God is a God that does the impossible. I don't know what impossible thing you need today, but the Lord does. And he needs to see some persistent faith. He needs to see some praise in the middle and the moment that you feel like it's not coming to pass. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the earth, the whole earth, to what? Show himself strong on the behalf of those hearts that are loyal to him. That's what worship is. You're saying, Lord, I am loyal to you. Lord, I'm loyal beyond my feelings. God, I'm loyal beyond 
anything that I see in the physical realm. God, I'm loyal to trust you. That I will see the God of the impossible make a way where there is no way in the natural, but there is a way in the supernatural. There is a way in God's kingdom. There is a way, and you are leading me through. And so I'm gonna have some persistent faith. I'm gonna put some praise on my lips, and I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna say, God, let everything you said about me come to pass. God, I am your servant. God, I do trust you. God, I do honor you. God, I put you first and foremost. God, you are more than enough. God, I thank you on the head and not the tail. God, I thank you that you lead me through victory. God, I thank you that I am called to be an overcomer. Amen? I want you to stand up and we're gonna praise like that. We're gonna worship like that this morning. Come on.